How does the Holy Spirit impact our life in the various areas of, of life? What about in our business? What about in our health when it isn't great? What about uh, when we see how other people in other places worship and walk with God? Our time together today is around perspective. I think it will be valuable for you in your spiritual journey and invite you to listen as I interview and chat with Mark Hutchinson today. As you know, I am overseeing and directing Encounter Ministries at Chilliwack Alliance Church these days, uh, just trying to set the table for people to meet the with the Holy Spirit in deeper ways. And, and then next year, we're talking about encountering the Father in new ways and then the Son. One of the greatest ways that I've ever experienced people encountering God, including myself, is by going to the land of Israel. And uh, I have been with many of our church people to Israel and just seen what God has done there. So you may have a desire to go to the land of the Bible. I think every Christian should. And next May, we are planning to take a group to Israel and just uh, to experience it for two weeks. We have gone with Fifth Gospel Encounters. I would encourage you to go on that website and to take a look and uh, to get a flavor as to what could happen next May. And if you are interested in this and would like to be kept abreast of what's happening, you can email me at leon at mycac.ca and we'll be sure to include you on all information that comes and goes about Israel, but it would be lovely to have you come with us. Well, hello everyone and welcome to our podcast for today. Uh, We are talking these days about encountering the Holy Spirit in fresh new ways and I'm pleased to have Mark Hutchinson as my guest today. Uh, Mark is a person who's walked uh, in the Spirit for a long time, and I think uh, there will be some really relevant things for you today. So welcome, Mark. It's uh, it's great to have you today. And it's great to be here with you as well, absolutely. Now, uh, Mark, you have a little bit of a... uh, You have a little bit of a British indication there with with your accent... uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, tell us uh, where you grew up and what brought you to Canada. A little bit about your about your own family and uh, you have grandchildren too. I do. Okay, as as you say, yeah, I do have that uh, slightly different accent to your accent. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. You have a Canadian one. I have a British one. Mm-hmm. I um, yeah, I come from the UK and uh, grew up in uh, in northeast England uh, from the Yorkshire Dales originally. Uh, very, very rural area. And um, we moved to Canada uh, 20 years ago now. Um, what brought me to Canada was uh, was work. But before we go to work, so a bit about my upbringing there. So I, uh, uh, my parents uh, were, uh, well, my dad was in the police force and traveled around a lot. Mm. And uh, so I got to see you know, a good amount of the area. And um, it was... I never ever thought I'd move from the UK as, as a young boy. And I thought that was life, that was where life was going to be. But no, lo and behold, I, I spent uh, a lot of my uh, early working years uh, working in the US with a US company, back and forth with the uh, UK and England. Uh, but uh, in 19, no, well, 1999, we first came to Canada. But in 2001 is when we moved here. And I came over here with my my wife Angela and three uh, children, Laura, Anna, and Matthew. And uh, 
It's amazing how time goes by because now um, all three of my children are married. I've got four grandchildren mm-hmm. and uh, we've got three grand dogs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what brings me to Canada. So your quiver is full. Oh, my quiver is full. Always full. <laughs> how, many, how many times did you come over to North America before you actually moved here? Oh, a lot. Um, in 1999 was my busiest year back and forth. I made nine transatlantic flights in one year. Wow. Uh, a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so you grew up in the UK, mm. uh, the uh, son of a police officer. Uh, tell us a little bit about your spiritual story. Did you did you grow up in a Christian home? How did how did it come about that you came to Christ? And uh, and then, uh, yeah, just just yeah. give us a window on that. Yeah, I've always gone to church. I'll start with that. Um, my parents uh, brought me up to, to go to church. I went to Sunday school as a young boy. And um, then I got involved in, in singing. I was in the choir. I became head boy oh. in the choir. Oh. <clears throat> I didn't do very well. I was, I was, a, I was a good singer. <laughs> But uh, I was asked to leave because I wasn't the best behaved young man. Uh, but that didn't put me off. You know, the, the choir master, I can tell you, he says to me, he says, after he asked me to leave, he said, I was so impressed the following week. There you were, the front row of the pews. You know, there there's a slam on all of police and preacher's kids. They're always the worst kids. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so... Uh, what led me to Christ? So I was involved with, I've always been involved with church and church life. And um, it was through youth uh, that I came to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Um, we was, it was a youth weekend away, and it was at that youth weekend away that I invited Jesus into my oh. heart. And uh, so it, it was one of those things that just gradually grew. I, I've never had any earth-shattering experience of the Holy Spirit just at the moment, but it, it grew into me that you know, I wanted to accept Jesus into my life. And that was a, as a, I can't remember exactly how old, but I was 13, 14 is when, when wow. it happened. Interesting, you know, um, the Jewish bar mitzvah is when you're 12. Mm. And really, mm. it's, a, it's a very pivotal time yeah. right in around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking about encountering the Holy Spirit these days. Uh, so you came into a relationship with God through the Son. Mm. When did you first kind of interact with who the Holy Spirit is? That's a good question. Um, I think it wasn't until when I really interacted with the Holy Spirit. I don't think, I think that was when I was uh, a young adult, to be truthful. Uh, yes, I accepted Jesus into my heart and I accepted, you know, and the description that Jesus was a part of me. And, and But to really interact with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit was truly a part of me, was perhaps, you know, in my early 20s. Yeah, you see, I'm not... In England, life... How do I put this in? I think people have a personal faith, but they don't always show it as much in the UK visibly as I see here in North America. Uh, it's very personal. Uh, and people may have a really strong relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, but don't visibly show that, whereas I see that happening here. And, you know, so I'm, I'm a product of, of that. I yep. grew up with that. And my, my mother tells me, I'm, I'm, I know I live in Canada, but she's Mark, you're more American than British. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, and I, I, you grow with that there. And it was in my early 20s, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit mm. later. Mm. Uh about the Holy Spirit's role. Mm. 
So, Mark, you and I have worked together for quite a long time. We have. Did you did you ha- did you figure out how long we've worked together? As uh, we, we worked together, you know, officially for almost seven years. Yeah, amazing, really. So for you the, put up with me for that long. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was it was mutual. Uh, so for the listener, uh, uh, as the uh, I've just uh, completed uh, a time here as a senior pastor at Chilliwack Alliance Church and. Uh, and because of the size of our church, uh, I needed an executive pastor. And so Mark, who was already resident in the resident in the congregation and had served as its transitional pastor and uh, had served on the elders board, became my executive pastor for that time. And and uh, so we ended up meeting uh, each week for almost that entire yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it was it was really there were a lot of changes and a lot of really neat things that happened. Uh, during that time, mm. um, as you've ruminated on that, what, what what memories do you have at that time? Oh, there are lots of memories. I think one of the first things that comes back to me was I remember you and I meeting right back at the beginning. So let's go back to the beginning. Was can we work together? I remember, yeah, we both wrestled with that. Can we work mm-hmm. together? Will this work? And. The memories I have from very early on was we just clicked and you had your roles and responsibilities and I had mine and we just, we worked so well as a team and supported and, and drew out the best in each other and the strengths from each other. And so one of the things that really I resonate with is that how quickly we gelled as a team and how we worked to, to grow and develop the the church staff and, and, and the, the church as a whole. But yeah, I think one of the key things pivotal times that worked well for us uh, is that many people won't know this but we worked for many years on the word transition mm-hmm. uh yes we're here to to do our jobs and to do it well and and to glorify god and, and to be his practice his hands and feeding what we're doing but we were looking to the future and how can we help this church be strong long term and we spent a lot of time just the two of us talking about transition and what would that look like and so i think one of the highlights for me was working through you know um well, good couple of years on transition uh, transitioning myself out of my role as the executive and yourself out of your role as the senior pastor um and i look at the church today i think wow church is great and and and, and so that's a a real mm. highlight for me mm. i think a highlight for me was uh, <clears throat> uh, uh as a pastor you have to decide who you can trust mm. and uh and uh, very few people that you can really say I can be honest here. And uh, so it was, maybe that was as important to me is to be able to just talk and to know that, um, to know that we're safe together uh, and maybe just put this uh, plug in for, for every Christian male or female to find that person of the same sex who you can confide in as a brother or sister in Christ and to be able to pray for each other and and yeah. to, to know that things are safe there. So that was really, yeah. that uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, I really support what you're saying there. I thought we were very real in our conversations. We talked about life, what really, the, the, yeah, the nitty gritty of life together and what, what mm-hmm. what's happening. And, and, and we it, it, having that accountability with one another is so important, as you say, for everybody in life to be able to have that. It's part of the Christian journey, I think. Having that accountability to support and to help speak into uh, you know a fellow brother's life, so that we can help each other because we all go through life and we all go through the the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, and really, that's that's one thing that we're trying to push these days is uh, not only to encounter but to encircle mm. with other quality Christians yeah. in it. Uh, yeah. I've I've actually experienced this with you, and that's been great. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'd like to I'd like to explore a little bit about your Britishness. Um, uh, so I've been reading some uh, car magazines uh, called Top Gear, and uh, <laughs> it's been very fun to read these uh, these very British magazines. Usually I'll read Hot Rod or those kinds of things, but here's Top Gear. And so I've been going through Top Gear, and I've been I've been writing down Britishisms. And Mark, if you know what these are, then why don't you just tell us? All right. So I'll just I'll just give you three or four here. Okay. Okay. What does it mean when something is spannered together? <laughs> Well, that's when you use a wrench, Leo. You have a wrench and you and you, you tighten it together. Okay. So we would use a spanner. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about what about the word? I just had to laugh when I read this one. They use the word cod swallow. <laughs> yeah, Leon, you talk a lot of cod swallow. But basically, <laughs> you're talking off the top of your head. You're just talking whatever comes to mind. It's a lot of cod swallow. That's okay. Okay, they're talking about the Isle of Wight, mm. and they call it the Little Spodge. Yes. What is that? <laughs> well, it's like a little, it's a smattering. It's, it's, the Isle of Wight is very, very small. It's a beautiful little island on the south coast of England, but it's a splodge. It's like a splatter. It's, <laughs> it's a splodge. <laughs> okay, maybe one more. Okay, so they're talking about the, 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 the color of paint on a car, and mm. they said this, a different color would be a little less Marmite. What oh. is that? <laughs> You don't really want to know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. But marmite, oh, it's, it's lots of children have marmite. You put it on your toast. Okay. It's horrible. I don't like it at all. <laughs> so marmite. What it, color is it? Brown. Okay. Okay. So if you're going to paint your car, don't go marmite. Go with a nice, nice metallic green. Yes. <laughs> so thinking about thinking about England or the United mm. Kingdom. Uh, you know, we we look back to a lot of Christian giants that have come out of mm. come out of that country. I, we think about John and Charles Wesley, and you know, we've been talking about revival here and the revival that came through them, or William and Wilberforce, mm. and uh, the whole issue of abolishing slavery. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, who we still refer to now, and and uh, two very um, admired Brits these days are C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Then I just finished reading uh, a couple of uh, books uh, of the New Testament uh, translated by J.B. Phillips. Mm. So a lot of a lot of wonderful Christian leaders from England, and yet the country as a whole has largely slid to secularism. Can you comment on that? Why do you why do you think that's happened? That's a very good question. It's a very deep question. I think there's a lot to that. Um, Has it declined as much as Canada, or is it uh, the same? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, as, as you mentioned that to me, it makes me reflect on that. Yes, it has declined. Um, when I grew up, you know, I was always taught that England is a Christian country, and uh, uh, the, the Queen is the head of the church. And, and, and rightly so, and the Queen does a great job, and she has a, a wonderful faith herself. Um, which I, I, I admire. But as I look at it, I think one of the things that's happened with the church as a whole is it, it's become, I think, a little too institutionalized. Um, and 
but when you look deep in the outside of the Anglican Church, see the Anglican Church is like an ecumenical church in its own rights. You know, you've got it from Anglo-Catholic to raving charismatic, <laughs> uh, all within the Anglican Communion. Um, and what you hear about is just the emptiness of the big cathedral churches, and that, 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 that's news. That's what sells well. But there are lots and lots of devout. Christians, I said to you before about you know a lot of British people that their, their, their faith is very personal, okay, and they don't exude it or show it as much, and the you know, church life has declined. Absolutely, don't get me wrong, it, it, it has, but I wouldn't say it's dead. I think that there, there is life there. I think, uh, and and I think especially in the evangelical. Um, world in, 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 in the UK, within the uh, Anglican communion and with outside that, you know, in, 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 in your, your Baptist church and you know, th- there are lots of things that are happening. A lot, a lot of the songs that we sing in church today, a lot of them come out of England. Yes, you know, yes. Um, so there is a lot going on there. Um, but it, I think I think one of the challenges is that the church, the mainstream church has become stale. The mainstream church has become a bit of an island in its own in its own self, and and then therefore it's slid. People have slid there, but I, I do see, when I go back to England, I do see life from a Christian perspective. You know, because um, I, I, I look around here, you know, where I live in Canada now, and I think, well, I'm, I'm blessed to live in a Bible Belt where I live, so I, I, I see a lot of Christianity around where I live. But I wouldn't say that England is really that much different to Canada, personally. Interesting. Interesting, because that's not what you read in the the popular news. Um, So then it would not be a big surprise then to you that that Alpha would come out of England. Absolutely not. You know, again, you've got an Anglican church, we've got to be here at Holy Trinity Brompton in London, there you've got a very, very strong evangelical Anglican church. Uh, and therefore, you know, I said that the mainstream church is looking a little stale. So Alpha is was, was I remember doing that in the in mid nineties mm. uh, in in the UK uh, in our church in England. We did Alpha um, very soon after it was uh, launched uh, from Holy Trinity Brompton um, with Nicky Gumble. Uh, um, so that, no, it's no surprise because there's 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 meaning that people are, are yearning for that relationship with the Holy Spirit, and wow. and so it, it doesn't surprise me that it came wow. out of that. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Now, um, you just mentioned uh, Queen Elizabeth a minute ago. Mm. Uh, uh, Prince Philip just passed away mm. uh, in the last few weeks. Um, what influence would you say, because the, the, the Queen does have a Christian faith, what influence would she have had on the nation? I, I think she has a, a, a good amount of influence on the nation as a whole. I think a lot of people in England really respect and look up to the Queen, period. And so if they're really respecting her and looking up to her, and she's been she's open about her faith, I think that really helps to resonate with with the average person in England, very mm-hmm. much so. Uh, and I've seen that throughout the years. I remember, you know, she, she met with Billy Graham a few times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a personal perspective. Uh, people hear about these things. People, uh, so therefore, as people are looking up to Queen Elizabeth, her faith really has helped, I believe, a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
it would be nice if that could continue on with her successor. It certainly would. <laughs> certainly would. Long uh, may she reign. <laughs> Amen. Uh, all right. Can you give us, uh, and we're going to get into a little bit of how the Holy Spirit uh, and you have interacted in your in your wider business life, but just give us, before we leave this uh, sort of this British island, give us... Was that the Isle of Wight? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that little spodge. Um, give, us, give us a couple of observations. Now, it's been a while since you were a, quote, newcomer, but, mm. but what did you see in the North American slash... Chilliwack kind of church. What did what did you notice? What stood out to you coming from England? What stood out to to myself and to Angela and I as as we grew came to the church in, initially was how real people. The, let's just look at so the real how real the preacher was in. It wasn't there just to preach the message, but really shared their heart really shared their emotion. So therefore, as the, the word was spoken to us, we could really see the, 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 the Holy Spirit exuding from the preacher. Whereas in England, you know, we talk about the, the, the stiff British uh, the upper lip. Um, again, remember I told you before about life being very personal and holy close. We noticed completely opposite in church life. People were very vulnerable. That's how they appeared to us, very open with their faith um, and didn't really hold their emotions back. Whereas in England, you would hold your emotions back. So that would be the the key thing that we really saw. And And it impressed us that it wasn't just the average person you sat next to in the pew. The preacher would show that and exude that. Isn't that interesting, eh? Mm. Because we who've grown up here, we don't know anything different. No, that's, that's life. That's right. Yeah, and so now, uh, to me, it's just, it's the same. It's, 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 it's average play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as I think about that, that's what uh, came back to us very quickly. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's move a little bit uh, to to the Holy Spirit in your business. Mm. So so you have been uh, a businessman uh, and, uh, and have stepped largely... Uh, away from that, still doing consulting and that kind of thing. But um, but you have been heavily involved in business uh, through your life. Um, how have you included the Holy Spirit slash your personal faith in your business life? Because it's been varied and busy. Mm. To me, both have run parallel all the way through. Uh, I don't just say that, I, I really mean that. I, uh, as, as we're talking now, a good friend of mine here, Harv Adrian, comes to mind. And Harv would say, in business, you've got your secular resume and you've got your, your church resume. And I've, I've been, it's been the same with me. And the two intertwine all the way through. So I have had a, a, a deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ for, for a, a long time. Um, and I've worked strong and hard in the business world. I don't believe that you need to be any different in the business world than in the church or in the church to the business world. To me, it's I do life. And so with that, how have I intertwined it? It's just been part of who I am uh, in everything I do. Um, you know, I, I train from a theological perspective uh, whilst I was building a business. Um, I went to college, theological college in the UK, whilst running a business and building a business. And so to me, it's just all intertwined and making decisions 
you know, I asked you quite self, what would Jesus do in this? It, it, it's just life. I, I never ever put one to one side or one on to the other side. It's it, you run life together uh, and just keep the whole thing uh, in, in perspective. Because you know, I, I think about faith, and you know, in, in Scripture we read that yeah, you know, Jesus did most of his ministry in the working world. Um, well. I'm in the working world. I have a, a faith, and so therefore, let me exude that. And I sometimes used to feel that I was more effective. I, I you know, for example, I preach on a Sunday, but I'll be at work with my team on the Monday. But I'll be with my team at work all the way through the week. So I had more impact on a great number of people, more than I would sometimes in the church world. And so therefore, yeah, I think it, it was very important for me to just keep that faith real and live uh, and, and share that through. I, I, very rare would you hear me quoting scripture to my but but people would see my faith. They know who what I stood for and the way I conducted my life. Wow. Did you ever find that, uh, that as a spirit-filled Christian that you had to take stands that cost you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And how did you how did you feel about that? Like, was it a was it a big decision for you to make? In one sense, you'd say yes, but 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 not really, because and you you had to make the right decision. I'll give you a, an example. I used to sell businesses, and uh, one of the businesses that had been sold, I didn't actually sell it. Uh, another colleague did, and it wasn't done well. And to cut a long story short, I, I, I felt bad for the people who bought this business and the way it was done. So I ended up giving them their money back. Oh, So yeah, it was financially, it, it cost. But it was the right thing to do. It, it, was, it was morally and ethically right to do that. And there were a number of situations like that that would come through life. Wow, wow. Um, there was a very famous... Christian book written by a man named Stanley Tam, and the the title of the book was God Owns My Business. Mm. Uh, so you're you're talking now to business people yes. who are listening in. How does this orientation, this this kind of concept that God owns the business, how does that help you as a Christian Christian businessman? I think first and foremost, I take it back a step further. I believe that everything comes down from my heavenly Father. So I'm a, I'm a steward in my own life, in my own soul, in who I am. So if I'm a steward to God in life, and now I'm, you put me in business, well, that's just an extension of that. I don't think you need to be soft or a pussycat, push me over. I, I'm a pretty tough guy when it comes to making business deals and making things right. And, and, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sharp, get people the pencil sharp to sharpen things up to get the right deal I'm looking for, <laughs> but I won't do it just for the sake of the deal. Okay. Okay. It's, it's important that you know, you know what is right, what's moral, what's ethical, uh, and what is a Christian standpoint. Here. And so sometimes it's, whoa, time out. No, let's back off. Let's not do that. And... Uh, I think that anybody leading a, a business, I go and think of my friend Harv Adrian, again, ran numerous McDonald's, and he, he would always say to me, well, a business is no different to being at church, really. It, we are who we are. 
and let people see that. And that's what I've always tried to do. As I've led my life, let people see that. I went through a really tough time, um, well, quite a lot of years ago now. Uh, a business I had was going through bankruptcy. And um, one of my, my CFO walked in and, and he was shocked that I had on my desk, my Bible was open and I've been reading that. I'm going through hell on earth you know, at that time. But Jesus gave me the strength. Everything comes down from my heavenly father. He's never, ever forsaken me. As I look back in life, you can see that he's never forsaken me. And I think it's so important that those in business, it might be tough, don't do what you think just for the sake of it. God will lead you and God will guide you. And isn't it true that uh, if you if you maintain a, a quality Christian character without being pushy, that that like Nicodemus came to Jesus mm. at night, people will come and say, "Why are you the way you are?" Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Wow, that's that's good advice. Yeah. That's good advice. Okay, uh, let's just take a few minutes and and talk about. Uh, your personal walk mm. with God and uh, and emphasis on on your interaction with the Holy Spirit. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what what the term the Spirit-filled life means to you, and and how do you practically make that happen in your life? Well, for me, you ask a question of a guy that's walked with Jesus and had the Holy Spirit for a lot of years now, and so I I, I pause and think, hmm, to me, I just do life, but. As I think through what you're asking there, it's to me, it's about being very open with who I am and remembering and allowing the Holy Spirit, who I believe to be real, to fill my, you know, fill my heart, fill my life. And so as I walk with Jesus, Jesus is with me right now, as we're chatting now, I believe that Jesus is with us now and guiding us and guiding our thoughts. He gave each of us a brain that we would use our brain wisely. He gave each of us gifts and abilities that we would use them wisely. But we can't do it all on our own. We, we are, he is there. He is our guide. He is our influencer. Um, and I, I've said it a number of times. I, I practically feel that yeah, I'm trying to live out and be the hands and feet of Jesus as I live my life, as I walk my life. So to have Jesus with me, so for me, worship, you know, I love to, you know, when, we, when we're able to in these days, days gone by, when we come to church and we worship and sing, and, you know, um, I, I love to worship. But to me, worship is something I do 24-7. I worship with my life. Jesus is in my life. My life is an act of worship. You know, to use the words, worship. Uh, and he's here to guide me through that. He's worth the worship of my life. And so um, that is very important to me. And, and so it is very much intertwined. Jesus is with me. I pray practically as, I, as I'm driving my car, as I'm walking, as I'm thinking, what would you do? How would you guide me in this, Jesus? I've been through some really tough times in my life. I, I'm not going to be negative, but I've had some really tough times. But Jesus has been there because I invite him into my life. I invite him in to share with me. And therefore, he guides. Mm. So the Holy Spirit's with me all the time. Mm. 
because I invite him in. And then that's a key factor, I think. Jesus says, you know, invite me in. He's not just there. He's mm-hmm. there because I invite him to be a mm-hmm. part of who I am. Mm-hmm. It's a it's very a very holistic approach. Yeah. So so you were raised in the uh, Anglican Church. Yes. Uh, and we have Anglican churches here. Mm. Um, so we sort of have a flavor of what an Anglican church is like. But you've said that there's all kinds of uh, spectrum of experience in Anglicanism. Um, but but having been raised in that setting, and now you come into an evangelical church, mm-hmm. an alliance church in Canada, uh, what, what riches have you been given by your upbringing that we may not emphasize in the North American church? Hmm. Well, the riches. I think heritage. You know, um, the North American church doesn't have the heritage, the, the, the depth of history that, that uh, we would have today. So you know, I walk into a, a church in England, the church that we would go to was built in AD 1200. Wow. So you walk in there and you look around People have worshipped God in this building for over a thousand years. So heritage is a a key factor that can't be replicated, that isn't there yet. Um, And I look, I marvel at, again, in the building, so from a building perspective, Mm -hmm. I marvel at the craftsmanship uh, of those churches, those buildings. They're not museums, they're places that, People have come to worship their personal Lord and say they're, they're Jesus in their way at their time in history. And you look at the, 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 the skill that was involved, you know, the, 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 the carpenter, how he would intricately carve the, 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 the wooden um, parts of the internal part of the building, the, the, the chancel, we call it, the choir. Beautiful. The stonemasonry, all done by hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People gave their all, gave of their best for their Lord and Savior back then. So I bring that with me because we don't have that here yet. Time will go by and it'll build history. But heritage is a a key, key factor for me there. Well, and really some of that is is the whole thing of people said that they will give their best for the Lord. Yeah. And it's it's a way to worship. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, talk to us a little bit, Mark, about your devotional life. Mm. So you're a busy man, and mm-hmm. uh, you have been busier, but you're still, as we talked before we started here, you, things are clicking along uh, yeah. in your yeah. life. So so how, what works for you devotionally in the scriptures? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you hear the Spirit's voice speak to you? What, t- talk to, yeah. to us about some of your spiritual practices. So much, okay, over the years it's been very, very varied, and... Uh, be, not an excuse, it's who I am. And, and so because I've been very busy, um, spiritual life and devotional time has ebbed and flowed for me. I've sometimes not been as good as I should. I'll hand up and say that. I've not been as devout as I should have been. Um, and I've travelled extensively when I was running my business and working there and when I'm preparing for, for um, things. I, I, I have time in an aeroplane. Uh, those things we used to fly in. Um, <laughs> time in an aeroplane there where I'd sit and, 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 and I, I'd, I'd, I'd read the scriptures, I'd read words. I, I, from a lot of, you mentioned people like C.S. Lewis and uh, Charles Wesley. and a lot. Of, there's been some great British authors over the years that I've, I've read 
business books that have been related to uh, to business and uh, and equally here in North America. So from reading, not just reading scripture, but through reading books. But for me personally, I love music. Oh. Music is what really draws me personally into a sense of devotion with Jesus. I, I to me, it's it's music that, I, and and as I listen to things, I think, oh, that's from the Psalms, or that's from this, that's from Daniel. Or, um, you know, we've got a series going on at church at the moment now, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm resonating with with what's been said. I think, oh, I can relate many songs to that, and so. So it's not been anything, I, I wouldn't say I just sit down each day, which I perhaps should do, and always just have a devout time of, 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 of solitude and, and study. It's been varied. It's been from sitting, reading my scriptures. It's been through reading books, through music, uh, through uh, interactive discussion, through podcasts, uh, of, of real variety for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's works for me. We're all different. And I think that's an important thing I've found in life, is that because we're all different, we all learn in different ways. We all absorb. I, I'm a very visual individual, so visual is very important to me in, mm. in, in, in study. Uh, now you've been part of a you've been part of a care group for quite a long time. Mm. How has the spirit spoken to you through those people? Oh, hugely. My care group uh, to me are my extended family. Ah here in yeah. Canada. I, I have my immediate family around, which is growing now. I've got grandchildren, now it's growing. When we first came here, my care group was my extended family because I didn't have, couldn't draw on you know, support from the homeland as, as easy. And so the Holy Spirit, but I think that takes time to build, rela- it goes back to relationship. We build relationship as we, as we support and encourage each other. People are more open with one another. Uh, but I've seen the Holy Spirit walk through as I, I went through some difficult times with business uh, back in the, uh, well, about 2006 to eight was a, was a difficult time. My care group, we could be open and vulnerable and they came alongside and, and they supported and encouraged. I, I think through care group, I, I use the term, we do life together. Yes, uh, we don't just come together to su- study the scriptures uh, or to sing, uh, but we do life together. It's a time when we can be open and, and share with one another the joys in life and equally the, the struggles in life, whether they be you know from a personal situation or whether it be you're know, in your own faith. We, some in our group at times we we. Where am I going? Where's God leading me? What is happening here? So the interaction with the Holy Spirit and with each other is so real. But again, relationship, you have to allow time and you have to be vulnerable with one another. And I encourage anybody that's going through it to be open and to be vulnerable because if you want to go deeper with Jesus and have the Holy Spirit resonate within you, you can only do that if you open up. We're built for community, and it's through community that the Holy Spirit resonates in and through that. Mm-hmm. Wow, this has been a sparkling gem within this podcast uh, this last few minutes. That's excellent. Uh, okay, one of the things that Christians really struggle with and uh, and uh, fail and sometimes are okay is victory over sin. How does the Spirit help you? in the area of victory over sin? Hmm. Well, 
Let's go back to an example I shared a few minutes ago about a business deal. Victory over sin, okay? Uh, the deal's done. In one sense, it was a sinful deal. Yeah, it was. So, but if we're to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit living with us and, and, and we're to, to, to do things the right way, at times there's a sacrifice to be made, but the victory is when that you, you you see and you feel the Holy Spirit just a part of you. I, how do I put, it's like a, that feeling within you. You feel right. You just feel right. You feel good in yourself. Um, you know, if you push it, when, when I was involved with some business deals, I just didn't feel right. You know, um, and I, I, yeah, maybe the, the Brit, but I'm, I'm fairly gregarious <laughs> anyway. And so therefore, the, that feeling is an important factor for me the victory over if you you, you just intuitively know it's not right mm -hmm. and if but if, if you allow jesus and the holy spirit to flow within you and to be a part of you then you will know that and you will you'll feel that mm -hmm. so i have two more questions for you in this area and then uh, i'm going to start to wind up our time and uh, uh and they are <laughs> they open up Huge areas, potentially, but I'm just going to confine our time to a few minutes. But but uh, you and Angela have been walking through, uh, walking a road uh, for the past um, 10 years or so, or even more than that, uh, when uh, you had the diagnosis of Angela's Parkinson's disease. Mm. And uh, so, so you have walked this road together. I see the term that they use for you now is care partner. <laughs> yes. uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the Holy Spirit in, 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 this, in this time of weakness, um, how does he help you? How, what role does he play as you and Angela walk this road together? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually 12 years now, surprisingly. Is it 12 years? 12 years yeah. since Angela was diagnosed with uh, what, what the term was, young onset Parkinson's disease. Um. When I look at it and I look at the Holy Spirit working in that, I see the Holy Spirit working through Angela to me. I'll give you an example. I'll see her, I'll see her struggling. Uh, and being a man, I want to fix it. I want to get things done. Yeah. I can't do that. Uh, I'm there to, to support and encourage her as a care partner, as, as you said, that's the term we use nowadays. Um, and she'll say to me, Mark, it's okay. There are many people worse off than I am. I, I'm so blessed. And she genuinely means that. I'm so blessed. I, I have you. I have my family. I have a lovely home. I live in a wonderful part of the world. I've got support. And she said, there are many people worse than me. And that's very true. However, I see her struggle. Yeah. Okay. So I see the Holy Spirit working within and through Angela out to me. And that fills me with confidence. Because I sometimes, you know, I can be a bit of a grump sometimes, think, you know, to be complaining about here, Mark, look at Angela, where she is. And, and she's living her life the best she can. Uh, Angela is, you know, again, constantly, you know, seeking uh, Jesus uh, in, in through prayer, through personal study, you know, and and. I see, because the Holy Spirit and then Jesus is part of our lives, 
we invite Jesus into our lives, he helps us through. He helps us through this time of trouble. Angela said to me things, he never promised us that life would be easy, Mark. But we've got so much to be thankful for. And I think as we walk with Parkinson's, and it is a very debilitating disease, it really is, uh, but she exudes the Holy Spirit in that. Um, I, as a man, I, I get frustrated at times. Um, and you know, we need. she's looking to have this uh, deep brain stimulation, but here where we live, it's going to be you know, four and a half years before she can have that uh, surgery, which to me is way too long. However, it is what it is, uh, and we'll continue to do what we can to try and encourage that to happen sooner. Uh, but going back to the uh, perspective from the Holy Spirit, because we have that personal relationship with Jesus, Jesus is with us, guiding us and helping us and encouraging us. Our family are so encouraging too. And, 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 and God has given us a, a, a wonderful family. Uh, and so we're thankful for that. We're blessed with that. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I think about uh, the Apostle Paul, who, had, who was a powerful spirit-led person who lived with a thorn. Mm. And somehow, you know, in the Western church, we've somehow sometimes come to the thought that everything is going to be up and to the right. Hmm. And it isn't always up and no, to the right. No. And so is the Holy Spirit relevant to that kind of life? And yes, he is. Absolutely. But boy, it's a life of dependency. It, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Let me uh, ask this question. So you have had opportunity more than once to preach in Africa. <laughs> yes. So here is this British boy who's now a Canadian, gotten gotten used to the uh, the personal kind of approach, very personal faith in England, and now the more overt faith in Canada. And now you've gone and preached in kind of revival sessions in Africa. What have you seen there, and 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 why do you think it is the way it is there? <laughs> yes. So I come from the, the British stiff, British overlip to, to relax into Canada, go to an Africa. And I think, oh, it's like coming from Canada. It's like being Britain now. <laughs> You're going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so we go out there. You know, yeah, what do I see? People out there, they live for today. They do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. They give their all to Jesus Christ to this day. They, uh, they, so they, 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 they're giving it all because they do not know what tomorrow will bring. And yeah, I've spoken in, in revival settings in, in rural Kenya. Uh, big settings, yeah, up to a thousand people at one of the uh, events that I, I, I spoke at. They call them a crusade out there. So yeah. They yeah. And uh, it, it shook me how real their faith was. I thought, man, I have strong faith. and um, But I have everything compared to what they they yearn for and what they yearn for is that loving relationship with jesus christ because he is their personal lord and savior today uh i remember speaking at one of the events uh, it was a time there's an offering and people bring their offerings to the front they bring them to the front and i'm speaking away and i look down and there's a chicken in front of me and all of a sudden this chicken starts moving <laughs> 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 oh it put me off <laughs> but what that showed me was that that lady, I saw it was a lady that brought, she gave her all. Yeah. We talk about the widow's might. Yeah. 
the people give of their all. They give of their all in their, in their own being, in who they are. They give of their all in, in what they have because they're really living out, as I said before, all things come down from our Heavenly Father and therefore they give back. They're not saying, oh, let's give this tenth to God here. Let's give. No, they give their all in their lives. And I see the vibrancy in, in life as a whole. And you can see how having the Holy Spirit in their lives is making a huge difference. They, 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 they live in some of them in mud huts. They give their best to Jesus Christ. They give their best to support, to encourage, to build each other up. Uh, and some of them go through really tough times. And I remember one of the times when I spoke there, 10 people came forward and, and accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I didn't say anything different there to what I would say here. But they were so more receptive. That's how I felt. They were so more receptive to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding that they just opened up to Jesus. And, and, and that's what came through. There's a lady, she's my my age there. She lives in the slums in uh, Nairobi. Martha's her name. And she could be Mother Teresa. You know, I, she's in her 60s there. And she has got 50 plus children living in a home that she's pulled from the slums that she's trying to give a better life to. She's teaching them scripture. She's living. And these children I saw, I encountered. They were so well behaved. They were so polite. And they had, you could see their faith was growing within them. That's because of that godly lady, Martha, giving her absolute all. Uh, and, you know, we, we, have, we have a wonderful life here in North America. But when I think about those people there, we have a lot to learn from them, personally. It's all about perspective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I'm going to start to wind up our time, Mark. Uh, and so I'm going to just have you dream for a minute. Uh, as you think about the, the British church, the North American church, our local church here, what would your dream be for, for them? My dream for the church, the church. Yeah, whether it's North America and the UK, my dream for the church is that each of us would truly, truly open up our individual lives and our hearts to Jesus, to his guiding. Because without Jesus, we're nothing. With Jesus, we have hope. And I look at, you know, the, 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 the difficult times we live through at the moment, but I see hope in what we're doing within our churches. I see people changing pivoting their thoughts and the way they do things to to be more open and receptive and i think my hope and prayer is that we will see another revival in my lifetime uh, revival may i think revival looks different in all in in each generation each time there uh, so i think of charles wesley and the, and the wesley brothers they they they, they came from a, uh, an area where i grew up uh, in in the uk but revival then would have been very different to what revival might have been in, the, say, the 70s or 80s, what it might be today. If we want revival, for me, revival is we want to see Jesus Christ alive. We want to see Jesus' church growing through people. And we'll all see that if we're all willing to 
open up our lives and accept Jesus into our hearts through his Holy Spirit to be alive with us today and to make a difference. Because if everyone does something, it makes a huge difference. So revival could be, um, you know, Leon and Mark doing an individual thing and then it just perpetuating out from there at all times. That's what I hope for. That's what I hope for. That's a great dream. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bring our time to a close. And uh, thank you, Mark, for, for your input today. Really, this has been about perspective. It's perspective from different places and, uh, and uh, different walks of life. And, and uh, so I want to thank you and, uh, and, and ask the Lord's blessing on you uh, uh, for, for, the, for your future endeavors. And I wonder if you could just uh, kind of pray for the listener as we close our time. Mm. And uh, so, it, uh, listener, if you'll be in an attitude of prayer. Mm. Our dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. This is the day that you created for us. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we go about our lives, as we go about our days, we as individuals would truly try and do the best we can with the gifts and the abilities that you've given each of us. You created each one of us uniquely. You've created each one of us with ability lord wherever we are in our lives may we be willing to listen to your leading and your guiding may we be willing to open up our hearts to allow your holy spirit to flow from us to be with us as we do that may we be your hands and your feet in all that we do and so that those we encounter will see that our faith our living faith makes a difference lord i i think of the words once sometimes the preacher needs to preach the word but it's what's not said that is what is most powerful may people see the difference in our lives the way that we are that makes a difference and may that impact others and may many come to know you as their personal Lord and Saviour and I pray Lord that each one of us would truly, truly do the best we can to glorify you in all that we are in your name I pray Amen My name is Leon Thronis my guest today has been Mark Hutchinson Uh, Dear listener, I hope that uh, this podcast will be valuable for you in your spiritual journey.